It's the season of carving turkeys, slashing deals, and stabbing Bostonians. Happy Thanksgiving from the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's knee-deep in stuffing, Walmart coupons, and blood. I am your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by the man who makes your cranberry sauce tangy. It's Michael Flaherty, everybody. There's nothing I love more than spending my Thanksgiving holidays beating up Bostonians. Because that's what those little assholes get for them and their stupid New England Patriots. <laughs> go they can go we're fuck coming, themselves. We're coming for you, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Goodwill hunting. This yeah. goodwill can catch these hands. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? How about them apples? How about them fucking apples, asshole? I'm going to go. How about you go permanently blind a, a Vietnamese man who is minding his own business? <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. No, I'm sticking my crown with this one. There's no (laughs) allegiance. Well, guys, this is, again, one of those different episodes we're doing here. We're talking about a new movie. We're putting Manvember on a brief pause so we can talk about a movie that me and Mike, we actually saw together in the theaters. Mike is back in Atlanta for a little bit. It was a good time. We joined hands together. We skipped into the movie theater. We sat down in the front row with a, a big bowl of raisinets and popcorn. And we were ready to freaking just drink it in together. It was us and three other people. At like nine o'clock at night. Yeah, exactly. And we fucking stunk because we had Korean barbecue beforehand. Oh, my God. Just this. It's we we covet and it's the and everyone's like, hmm, what's that sweet smell of? Bulgogi and methane, <laughs> and then just like that's us. That's that's us just stinking up the place. And that movie we saw is Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, and it's about one year after a tragic incident at a Walmart. It it's not, but like let's face it, it basically is. The town of Plymouth, Massachusetts, is under attack the week of Thanksgiving by a man donning a John Carver mask. Now let's go ahead. And get this out of the way. This movie is exactly the experience we like here at the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Mm-hmm. Mike, what do you, th- oh, what do you my think? God. It's all that in a bag of chips. You walk into a movie called Thanksgiving, and it's a horror movie directed by Eli Roth. You're getting everything you expected. It's an mm-hmm. honest to God. Actually, I will come in here and say... I was not looking forward to this movie. I'll be the first one to say it mm-hmm. because I am not an Eli Roth fan. Hostel was not my cup of tea, and I didn't and I mm-hmm. didn't see Cabin Fever. So like, I walked in and I kind of just went like, "Oh, geez, it's going to be an Eli Roth movie." And then I also mm-hmm. saw that Addison Ray was one of the stars, and I went, "Ooh, I'm double not interested in this movie." <laughs> but all right, for the love of the game, and boy was I freaking wrong. It is everything I wanted in the movie. The Kills are hilarious. The story mm-hmm. is sufficient. It's it's a hopping good time. It's raucous. It's funny. It's everything is so well crafted on the message and that it's trying to deliver. It's fantastic. Oh, and again, it knows exactly what it is, and it's not trying to stray too far in one way or another. But this movie actually goes back a little bit. You see, Thanksgiving is originally a fake trailer that was in the 2007 Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez double feature Grindhouse. Now, director Eli Roth actually shot the trailer for like two days after he wrapped filming on Hostel 2. 
And this also isn't the first time that a trailer from Grindhouse has become a movie. We also had Machete starring Danny Trejo and Hobo with a Shotgun coming from that movie as well. Double hell yeah. Now, dude, all we need now is Rob Zombie to get out there and make werewolf women of the SS with Nick Cage as Fu Manchu and Edgar Wright to finally make Don't. And the grindhouse experience will be complete. Honest to God, when that happens, you already know that Max and I here at the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, we will host a grindhouse a thon where we just watch everything in the sequential order that it is shown in Grindhouse. It is gonna be Dude, good. I, I do listen, I am so excited. I I some I love the vibe. Of this movie. I just really want to focus on that. Now, Eli Roth actually said in an interview with Total Film Magazine about creating uh, the trailer back in 2007. He said, uh, when creating this movie, let's pretend that Thanksgiving was a movie from 1980 that was so offensive that every print was destroyed. All the scripts were burned. The director disappeared. The crew members changed their names. And one person saved the trailer and uploaded it to the darkest corners of the internet. And now it's made it out. So this is a 2023 reboot. And once we said that, it freed us up. Which, do you think that vibe kind of fits with uh, what Eli Roth was going for here, Mike? I do understand where he's going for with that sort of mentality, with that sort of setup. Because this movie does feel like it is straight out of 1980. It, it mm-hmm. genuinely does. It feels like those 80s cheesy ass horror movies that make you mm-hmm. almost roll your eyes into the back of your head. They're so like bad over shit the top. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, mm-hmm. I think you really hit the nail on the head with the premise and like the intent behind it. I, mm-hmm. I, I genuinely all hats off to him on this one. He really just hit a freaking home run. Mm hmm. Now, I know I said that this movie goes back to 2007, but it actually even predates Grindhouse a bit. On a Talk is Jericho podcast interview with Eli Roth, because, yes, I have listened to the Talk is Jericho podcast. (laughs) There's always a Jack Swagger man. (laughs) Eli Roth uh, spoke on how him and his buddy came up with the idea of a Thanksgiving slasher movie back when he was a kid. And like different ways people could get killed in a Thanksgiving setting. And he also used his background growing up in Massachusetts, which I really think is cool using like an actual place with its own culture as a backdrop for a horror movie instead of what a lot of a lot of slasher movies do taking place in like anywhere USA. I exactly. I think that it, it plays to it plays to the movie's benefit so damn well and so damn clearly it doesn't it it feels everything feels sort of movie ready with the amount of culture that Plymouth has with Thanksgiving and stuff Mm. like that because I actually I think that everything that they do in the movie is actually pretty damn apt with how Mm. like the actual Plymouth Massachusetts does it hey someone's over in Massachusetts and feels the need to correct us Feel free. Go for it. But the I think that it's almost better that they called out a specific place, used real world maps and locations and all of that good stuff. Because I think one gripe that I usually have when it's Buttsville, like Nebrahoma, 
it's mm-hmm. it kind of just kind of frustrates me because there's nothing ever distinct that really sits mm-hmm. in your head about it. Because if it's mm-hmm. like if you're going to film something in like Louisiana, you're going to have a specific culture in your head. Mm-hmm. And then if, same thing with California or like the Pacific Northwest. You have these sort of ideas that play into that you can that, that can play to the movie's strengths. And mm-hmm. I feel like whenever you choose a nowheresville, it just does not work. Mm-hmm. And but this is interesting too because Thanksgiving wasn't filmed in Massachusetts. Apparently, they filmed it in Canada, which I find really ironic considering the opening of this movie has a bunch of like New Englanders throwing insults around like it's fucking rice at a wedding. Meanwhile, like off camera, I'm sure all the extras are just, you know, offering to help set up tables and, you know, help set up lights and stuff and just talking to (laughs) each other, just being just just so nice, just, you know, being just nice Canadians. Exactly. Exactly. The what just happened is just essentially just like. Everyone is sitting there, like, insulting each other's mothers, just being vile humans, and then turning around after they hear cut and going, like, I'm really sorry I said that about your mom. You know, that was just, like, me playing a bit, right? And they're like, yeah, 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 of course. You know, they're inviting everyone over for, like, you know, just dinner, you know, just making so many friends, just being so friendly. Just don't you fucking talk about hockey, otherwise an actual fight might start. I was about to say, you say something about the Winnipeg Jets and someone's getting punched in the teeth. That's all I can say. What are you saying about the Edmonton Oilers? I'm here to throw hands. (laughs) You're You're like, fuck you, they're making a comeback. (laughs) <laughs> so mike let's just get to the ever most important question that we have here on the messed up at midnight podcast if eli roth's thanksgiving was a drink what would it be and why oh baby all right i'm i'm so glad you asked okay so this movie's based around thanksgiving so it had to be mm. sort of a gaggy sort of thanksgiving thing with my cocktail so here we go This movie is a vodka. Now, I initially wanted to go with a tequila or something like maybe like a maybe like a like a schnapps or a or a hard cider or something like that. But Mm -hmm. tequila felt a little too reckless and silly for this then now granted this is very silly but i feel like vodka fits the bill more because it's very Mm -hmm. sort of middle of the road in that if you're a horror fan you're gonna love this doesn't matter what walk of life you're from like you will odds are you will find enjoyment in some capacity with this movie Mm -hmm. so there are two ounces of vodka in this next we have the main little characters that we've got. We've got Addison Ray. We have the other teenagers. The well, we've got Patrick Dempsey, fantastic. We have uh Gina Gershon. We have all of these really cool characters who all either make themselves really cool, interesting, and likable, or make themselves so damn killable. Like there are some characters that you just sit there and hear them talk and you go, I cannot wait till you get a just a a, a drill in your temple. Like it is you annoy me. So for that, get an ounce of cranberry juice, no sugar, none of that ocean spray nonsense. We got to have tart mm. cherry juice or cranberry juice. You want this to be like 
sour because you have that sour taste in your mouth with all these characters that makes you like want them to get killed. But there's still like an underlying sweetness to it that you kind of like. Next, we have the setting of Plymouth, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Fantastic setting for a Thanksgiving movie. If it was anywhere else, I think it would almost be a disservice. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's, it's almost entirely better because it's in Plymouth, because it's got all the culture. It's got the, oh my God, are you going to, who are you going to be in the, in the turkey parade, which is just crazy to, to me. But it's really nice. I really like it. So add a half an ounce of pomegranate syrup because that sort of sweet mixture of culture and heritage and history into the movie adds a depth to it that you really, really feel satisfied with. Mm -hmm. Next, let's go with our John Carver. Our killer. The man who runs around and just causes mayhem. Mm -hmm. Listeners, I want it to be known that I like John Carver as a killer. I do. Mm -hmm. There are some criticisms I have, though, over him being a standout person. Like, he's no Leatherface. He's no Art the Clown. He's no Pennywise. He's no Jason Voorhees. Pick your pick your slasher villain. Mm -hmm. He's not one of them. He's kind of just a Joe Schmo with a knife. And, and a really, like, great aptitude for technology. So, for that, get soda water. Honestly, flavor it. Go for it. Pick a mm -hmm. pick a Thanksgiving-y sort of flavor. Because he's not offensive. He's not bad. He's not... He's also not boring. He offers something to the table. It's just not a lot. So, pour in about an ounce and a half, two ounces of soda water. Whatever, whatever Thanksgiving flavor. Finally, this movie's... We got to address the elephant in the room. The movie's got a gimmick. It's Thanksgiving. All of the kills have some Thanksgiving element to them. They're all just based around Thanksgiving. So, for that, I want you to get a big-ass turkey baster. Like, I'm talking a big honking turkey baster. And I want you to take the turkey baster... Put it into the cocktail shaker. Suck up all that liquid that we made. Give it a quick shake and boom. Squeeze the turkey baster into your mouth. That's the cocktail. I'm glad you said take the turkey baster and put it in the drink because knowing you, you might have said, shove, you know, put it somewhere just else. Stick it up your ass. Just show, just, just, Dude, you ever heard of, you ever heard of sounding? Incorporate a turkey oh baster God. into it. Oh. <laughs> listen take the turkey take the drink in the turkey baster shove it up your ass butt chug it there you go no don't do oh that uh, <laughs> i hope you like pomegranate syrup in your butt that's an interest that's an interesting collection of ingredients i'm not sure how good it would be i do want to talk about what you said about john carver but i want to do that a little bit later the flavors of what pomegranate and cranberry but the fizziness of soda water makes it interesting see, i see I wanted to give it an underlying Thanksgiving-y sort of flavor profile. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. all of that has vague references to like a Thanksgiving dinner. You know when a relative comes into town and you're like, ah, they don't drink soda anymore, so we got to bring them soda water. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's like vodka and all of that. So yeah, the vodka, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree with that because I, th- I think there's a better liquor you could choose. But I agree with oh. you on the tequila. I faced that same issue. Whereas if this movie was a little bit sillier, maybe I would have gone down the tequila route. But it mm-hmm. it kind of sticks in its lane, but doesn't stray too far off of being overly silly, silly like a Tropic Thunder, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's my here's my cocktail, Mike. I would try that one. I'm, you have me intrigued. This is a Thanksgiving movie. I can't think of a better base for something like this than some spiked mold apple cider. So mm-hmm. here's what you're going to do. Take out your crock pot. Pour in some apple cider. Toss in some mulling spices, you know, your cinnamon sticks, nutmeg, orange peels, cloves. You, know, you, you can go out and buy like a, like a mulling spice pack for you to put it in. Warm up the cider. Turn your crock pot on. Warm it up. Get those spices mixed in, you know, maybe about like, I don't know, two at two, three, four hours. Then you're going to be adding your rum. Specifically, you're going to be adding in your spiced rum because I think spiced rum is a good liquor for this movie because it's silly, but it's not over the top. Like I was saying with tequila spiced rum, it can be a very like festive drink. And I think it pairs well with this movie. So add in. A uh, cup or two spiced rum into your uh, apple cider mixture. Actually, I'll tell you what. Better yet, you put in however much rum your pilgrim ancestors are telling you to put in. Just take the bottle, pour it over, and then like whenever, whenever your ancestors tell you to stop, that's when you stop. Then once you're done, take out your beer glass. Pour it about uh, about halfway full, you know, because we're optimists here. Uh, and this is a horror movie in Massachusetts. We, we need something there. So for the location in that, grab yourself a Sam Adams Boston Lager, add that into your glass, you know, just to when it's like almost full. And then finally, we got the horror movie. We got the blood and stuff. It's a horror movie. So go on the internet, look up a recipe for edible, edible fake blood. Not, 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 make sure it is edible. I'm not responsible if you put the wrong type of fake blood in this drink. It is edible. So then add some portions into your drink. And then for me, you have the 2023 Eli Roth Thanksgiving experience. I see where you went. I see where you put your where you put your chips on the table. You put mm-hmm. them more in the mulling spices, and I I respect that. I do respect that. I I think that you I th- I think that your base has a lot more depth into it than mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. And I think that I went more in the piece by piece route. I respect it though. I, I do respect, respect don't it. Don't get me wrong. I respect the piece by piece route. You and I have done it before where like we'll look at it mm-hmm. piece by piece mm-hmm. and then look at it all in a whole picture. So it, it just depends on what route you choose exactly. for this movie. And part of it is because I had, you know, spite like a spiked apple cider like last Thanksgiving. So that's just kind of what's fresh on my mind. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, and I had, and I had some good old fashioned Grey Goose, so I, that's what's on my mind. I never really think like Grey Goose and Thanksgiving. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you know I'm what? missing an you know opportunity. What? But you know, it's it's just those moments when you just are sitting down and your uncle just sits there and goes, "You know what I just heard on the news?" And you go, "I'm gonna go get the liquor." You're like, "It's you just go." All right, where's the vodka? Let's just let's just, let's just cut that cut this shit out. All right, guys, so go get, go grab yourself some spiked apple cider, you know, make yourself a good cocktail. And we're going to dive headfirst into talking about Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. 
So we're going to be doing this podcast a little bit differently. Since this is a newer movie and you might not have seen it yet, we're going to go through and talk about the positives and the negatives of this movie. And then once we're done with that, we're going to get into some spoiler territory. We'll let you know when we're getting into it. Some stuff we're going to be talking about is already in the trailers. So just just a little heads up there. Let's get into talking about the positives first, Mike. You got to start with talking about the kills in this movie. It's a fucking horror movie. Let's talk about the fucking kills. Oh, all right. I'm I'm so glad you brought up the kills. So with a cheesy slasher movie, you always are hunting for good kills. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of the best parts of slasher movies. It's one of the best parts of horror movies, personally, is that sort of tension break with a kick-ass kill. Mm-hmm. And this movie has a frick... It is a cornucopia. Mm-hmm. Hey, Thanksgiving. Ah, a cornucopia. Exactly. A cornucopia of just good kills. We have some creative-ass kills. We also have some really simple, straightforward ones. But mm-hmm. it's a lot of really sort of creative kills and i gotta say for the sake of remaining spoiler free i will i'm gonna keep it to stuff that happens either early on in the movie or stuff that was already kind of present so the first kill that i'm gonna that i'm gonna sort of talk about probably is the one that was shown in the original grindhouse trailer back in Mm -hmm. 2007 we have the kill of the cheerleader and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. where it's the cheerleader bouncing on the trampoline, doing a show for the boyfriend as the boyfriend's sort of watching just happily. And then she, the boyfriend gets his freaking head twisted around like he's out of a Junji Ito manga, where it just goes full corkscrew. And then she gets... As she's bouncing on the trampoline, she gets a knife in her foot, and then the rest of her, she's bouncing around. Creative kill would not have ever freaking thought of it. It is fantastic, hilarious. There's a decent amount of gore without it being enough to make you like vomit. Mm -hmm. It's just really, really solid. Yeah. So, one thing I really like about the kills in this movie is that I heard Eli Roth talk about it on a podcast. Where he said, you know, we didn't just want to stick with the traditional like, you know, you think Thanksgiving, you think, oh, maybe he just uses, a, you know, a night when you see him use an axe a lot in the trailer. It's like ideas like this where we're involving a trampoline where somewhere cheerleader is falling on a knife over and over again. It's just that creativity that is in this movie that really makes you look think about like, wow, that's that's kind of awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? exactly. It's it's final destination levels of creativity mm-hmm. where it's you're sitting there going like Jesus how the hell did they get that like it's there's because the idea of just like just a girl falling to her death on a trampoline and that death being just a knife is there and she just can't help but just fall on it over and over and over again mm-hmm. it's one hysterical my god in the movie i max and i were just falling over laughing because it is just such a ridiculous scenario but on top of that it's creative it's got gore it's got blood it's it's really really solid and honest to god the practical effects Mm -hmm. on on it on the kills in this movie and the movie as a whole 
fantastic. Fan-freaking-tastic. It is like 90% awesome. We'll get into that like 10% when we get to talking about the negatives, but we're, we're being positive right now, guys. So we'll get, we'll get into the, some of the negativities with the gore a little bit later. But again, 90% practical effects. It looks awesome. It feels mm-hmm. just great. Another kill I want to point out that I think this one's in the trailer is we have a waitress who gets her head dunked in water and then her face getting pressed up against the door, the open door of a freezer and her face gets stuck and her skin gets like ripped off. I'm not going to spoil how that kill ends yet, but just even that idea where she, you know, gets her face ripped off and then she tries to call like using her phone, but her face ID on her phone doesn't work and she can't really like use her hand because her phone's covered in blood. That's, it's just a nice little idea where we're taking mm-hmm. te- we're taking modern day technology and making you be like, oh, I get that. I've been there. I understand. It's not just like boomer speak like, oh, this is technology and habada habada. I know what I'm talking about. Shut up, you it's, kids. Exactly. What do you know? No, it's I absolutely agree with you on the creativity of incorporating modern technology. Cause I feel like with a lot of these slasher movies that come out, you fall victim to so much of that Hollywood freaking garbage where a director did not have a, and did not have in mind incorporating modern technology into it. Mm-hmm. But some executives like, what if she tries to use her phone? Oh, you know, sorry. Or she does a tic tac. That's they kids like that, and you're like, oh god. You just see somebody it using. Like, it. You just see somebody using a selfie stick in 2023 to beat exactly, a man over the head. Exactly. You're like, exactly. That was, hasn't been a thing for like that. People yeah. haven't been using that for like what ten, five, ten years. Exactly. I'm exactly. You're sitting there rolling your eyes, going like, oh, thank god. Some 60-year-old divorced dad is really tapping into the market of what kids like. So. I really do have to applaud Eli Roth for incorporating technology into the kills, Mm -hmm. but in a way where it doesn't feel invasive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like it's being shoved down your throat. It feels like it's playing the appropriate amount of side character. Mm -hmm. Because seeing the woman have that follow through of the kill where she gets dunked in the water and then her face gets thrown into the freezer door you're like whoa that's visceral Mm -hmm. and then you see her do the logical next step incorporating her phone Mm -hmm. and then it not working you're like oh this is great this is showing this is working it in i really really like that i hats off to eli roth for for doing what not many directors can do which is incorporate technology in a way that doesn't make you make make millennials and gen z want to vomit and i do want to point out before we go on to the next kill mike is that eli roth said on again the talk is jericho podcast that the actress (laughs) who plays the waitress is actually a descendant of the real life john carver like the the actual like oh yeah she's she said like oh yeah he's my great 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 whatever you know grandfather uncle whatever which that does make me think like that John Carver is an actual person. How would he it's, feel about his likeness being used in a horror movie 400 years later? It's I, <laughs> I do have to say that has got to be very weird. It's just because 
How do you, how would you feel if it's like the main bad guy who's like stabbing everyone in this horror movie you're acting for is like essentially your great grandpappy. You're, you're like, hmm. Hey, Grandpa, this, this, this is kind of weird, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so Mike, go on to the uh, final kill that we're going to be oh. talking about in the spoiler-free mm. uh, part of the podcast. Final spoiler-free kill that we're talking about. This is in the front part of the movie, so just, I'm not, we're not spoiling a whole lot. If you sit there and wait for 10 minutes, you'll see the kill. So... Gina Gershon is in the movie, as we had stated before. She she gets killed in a really fantastic way. It is she. It's this big, big Black Friday rush, and people are just trampling each other. Blah blah blah. And you just see a her hair gets caught into a shopping cart that someone's moving, and you just see it just go, and she just gets scalped and dies, which is. So creative and outlandish. You know, as I as sorry to interrupt you, Mike, but as the first kill of a movie, you really have to set up this is what you're gonna be going for. And you know, me mm-hmm. seeing a Black Friday, you know, movie where, you know, we're like, okay, obviously I think we're gonna have somebody get trampled. And I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Like originally we're gonna like everybody's gonna get trampled. But then when we see Gina Gershon get fucking scalped by a shopping cart. I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's one of the routes we're going. It sets Word. the tone. It sets the tone because with horror fans, the, the first kill is always a very important one. Mm-hmm. And I guess with movie wa- horror movie watchers, the first kill is always incredibly important because it sets the tone for the absolute entire movie. So for Eli Roth to come out swinging like that, with with her getting scalped by a shopping cart, that is a fantastic way of doing it because you instantaneously see it. And of course, it's gory. Of course, you're like, whoa, oh my God. But then you also just turn to yourself and you start laughing. You go, oh, this is going to be a good movie. This is going to be, this is going to be ridiculous. And I love it. And dude, the opening of this movie is so genius. Having it take place on Black Friday inside of let's be real here it's not it's called like right mart but i'm like dude it's a walmart like mm-hmm. just seeing a mm-hmm. horde of people fighting inside like i really think this either should have been called like black friday slash thanksgiving or just walmart the horrors of capitalism exactly it's it's just it's just walmart parentheses late stage capitalism at its finest it's because it's just you just see it and you just go uh-huh yeah and, and obviously, and, and and of course, I feel like Eli Roth completely intended this when he was making it. But mm-hmm. you just see all the people gearing up for Black Friday in the movie. And instantaneously, you go, oh, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be a madhouse and people are going to die. It's, mm-hmm. There's no question. It doesn't come out of left field. You're tense and prepared <laughs> for what's about to come from. Black Friday-ness. Dude, again, the tension here. Eli Roth, he really does a good job of stretching out some of the kills. Like maybe – I use this example a lot where you see someone walking down and then like right before you cut, you see something start to come around the corner and then it cuts away and you're like, wait, what was that? That just immediately mm-hmm. gets you tension. And that's mm-hmm. the type of tension we're getting here in this movie. It does have unexpected jump scares, 
they're not like false jump scares or anything. You, they follow the – they set them up yes. and they follow through, which I really like. Oh, but if you God. are not a fan of jump scares, you might not like this movie. That is I'm true. a fan of jump scares when done correctly, so I like it. And this movie does the jump scares correctly. There is no doubt about it. Every jump scare, which my co-host already mentioned it, but there's no false jump scares. Thank the Lord. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, those annoy me. But seeing the jump scares and and those, those blink and you'll miss it moments where it's two teenagers walking down a hallway and just before the camera angle changes, you just see like a character just stick his foot out and you're like, oh shit, what was that? Mm -hmm. That is the best tension building exercise with a movie like this. Mm -hmm. It is great. And it's tense, but it is also goofy. Like this movie does not take mm -hmm. itself seriously at all. There aren't like a whole lot of Quip. There are some quips. Let's be real here. Like you know, no set, no seconds or what, whatever. Quote. Um, it knows what it is. Doesn't really stray away from that. It's not trying to make like you know a large message. Even though we joke about Walmart, the horrors of capitalism. That's not really a central. That's not really a message. This movie's trying to push. And also the humor, combined with the gore, mm -hmm. is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yes. I think that's really I think that is where this movie shines the best, where it's able to blend gore, but with silliness. Mm -hmm. it, it it never, ever goes too deep into gore to where you kind of are like, oh, this is getting into like saw territory where I'm just not having fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't get into silliness territory where you're like, OK, well, this is just super bad at this point. Mm -hmm. Like it's it always toes the line between the two and and that's really really fantastic because it i think it the two almost play into each other and bring each other up even more rather than staying in one lane or the other mm -hmm. fucking exactly so now let's talk a little bit about the plot because there is mm -hmm. like you know a fun mystery element here everyone's trying to figure out who the killer is or isn't and that also brings us to talking about John Carver, the man behind the mask. I think he is a cool slasher villain. He's cool. He's not like, you know, again, at iconic territory yet. But I think if Eli Roth can play his cards right, if this becomes a franchise, which could that happen? Who's to say? Eli Roth said he'd love to make movies like this for the rest of his life. We haven't really had – he could be a new slasher icon. Mike, what do you think? I – see, I, I agree, but not entirely. I mm -hmm. think that – I think that he's a good enough villain for the movie. I think that if he was given more of an ability to be more intense – maybe not intense, but more – fear striking mm -hmm. then there would be an iconicness to him i feel like that because this movie is so silly because it's so because the kills that he conducts are so off the wall mm -hmm. in creativeness i don't know how deeply i could go into iconic territory but mm -hmm. honest to god if he was if eli roth was to do a sequel or incorporate the john carver killer into another movie of his where he fleshed out the character more and gave it more of a a fear factor to it mm -hmm. 
I would be I, I would be willing to like step back and admit that like there's iconicness to it because wait, wait a second. as of right now wait a second you said you said fear factor are you telling me oh, Joe, that John Carver Joe is Joe Rogan <laughs> just just, under the he's mask. Just, exactly he he pulls off the mask and he's just sitting there going like going like how do you guys feel about DMT you, know, you guys yeah, want to watch a video of a reindeer getting hit by a car? You want to try some elk meat? <laughs> it really helps with testosterone. That thing that you're lacking for some reason. No, but my, I, I do, I do agree with you. Like right now, I, I see where you're coming from. Because right now, again, with this movie, I'm like, okay, it's a f- good setup. If it if it just stops here, then no, I don't think we'll be talking about John Carr. You know, well, it'll certainly have its fans. The uh, Thanksgiving will certainly have fans if they don't do a sequel. But if they do a sequel and they continue down that John Carver route and continue to like flesh out his character and you know maybe have some more unique kills, I think it's certainly possible. Is it right now? Again, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. That's exactly exactly my thought process. And before we move on to the negatives, I do want to mention a character that I actually was like, I want to know more about this guy. And that is fucking McCarty. He is Hell a, yeah. like, this is a metalhead 30 year old who's trying to sell guns to like high school kids. And his, here's, here's his character. Again, this isn't really a spoiler. So at the Thanksgiving Day parade, he wears a pilgrim outfit. And over it, he wears a <laughs> denim vest with like band patches of like Motorhead, Metallica, and Black Sabbath all over it. I, it is bits of McCarty. I am like that is us. That is the mess up at midnight podcast right there. But there are other bits where I'm like that is 100 percent super duper not the mess up at midnight podcast because he's. Yeah, he's got the cool metal piece, and you're like, yeah, and he's like, and like he throws a party and like kicks out people who don't know who Black Sabbath is, and I'm like, hell yeah, good, good to see it. And then he also does the thing where he's like, no, I'm selling alcohol to teenagers. You guys should come by my party, teenagers. You want some guns, teenagers? And I'm like, hmm, all right, we're <laughs> we don't condone, we do not condone teenagers. that. Let's make that clear, we do not condone that. Yeah, exactly. That's the part where I go like, mm, you stop being cool fast. I'm like, this is just weird and sad. So, Mike, do you have any more positives that you want to mention before we get on to some of the negatives with this movie? Here is a positive that I will give, but it's a caveat of a positive. Okay. I think it's more for I think it's more for people who saw the top billing for the movie. Now, if you guys hadn't, Addison Rae's in the movie. She plays a character in the movie. And when I saw that she was in the movie, I groaned. I literally groaned. I literally went, oh, hell, this is going to be garbage, isn't it? She actually holds her own. She does mm-hmm. not. She doesn't stand out. She doesn't do an Oscar-worthy acting thing. But honest to God, the fact that she can blend in with these other people who are actual actors and actresses. Hats off to her. Genuine, honest to God props. The fact that she's able to stand with mm-hmm. these people, they I think I feel it deserves commendation. Commendation, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. The and that actually brings us to the negatives now. The acting in this movie is largely fine or below average. It just kind of mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. Again, stays right. There are some lines that were read where I'm like, 
I uh, I don't I don't know, I don't know about that one. That just sounded a little bit stilted. But again, there's nothing like stellar with this movie. And I don't want to give it the excuse of oh, it's a horror movie. No, no, it's a movie. And the acting here was largely like fine or just below average. Exactly. I that that I'm glad you followed it up so mm-hmm. fast with the with that fact. The acting in this is so Four and a half, five out of ten. Mm-hmm. These people are all doing enough. Mm-hmm. They're doing enough. Which, again, <clears throat> it's a movie called Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, I wasn't expecting them to be Daniel Day-Lewis. But the thing is, is it's still not great acting. So for the commendation I gave for Addison Ray for being able to hold her own with the actors, they were not exactly putting their all into it. So... Take with that what you will. And the characters as well. Like I didn't maybe apart from like two characters, I didn't really like root for any of the characters. And there was like mm-hmm. there are horror movies where like you there's a final girl that you're really rooting for. But here the characters in Thanksgiving, they cheat in class, talk like douchebag jocks because they are douchebag jocks and just can be very mean spirited. And you're just watching the movie waiting for them to get killed yeah i i do agree that they they made the final girl very difficult to empathize with and root for Mm -hmm. because her friends are so insufferable but great it's a horror movie you're kind of expecting some people to be insufferable so they can get killed the thing is is i feel like they went a little too hard with making them unlikable. Mm-hmm. And as a result, the the final girl, at best, she's kind of a jerk. At worst, she's actually just an, a giant douchebag. Yeah. Which is not at all what you want from your final girl. You want her to be... You want her to be able to be rooted for. And mm-hmm. there were certain moments where I kind of had to look at the character and go with peace and love, shut the hell up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even the two characters that I kind of liked, it wasn't anything stellar. It wasn't like me being like, no, like she's got, he or she has to make it out of here in the end. Mm. Instead of was, it was just like, yeah, I mean, they're okay. You know? Exactly. It's there's no character that stands out to such a degree where you sit there and go, I like you, you're funny, or I like Mm -hmm. you, you're nice. Every character is kind of just there. And at the only characters that really stand out are the ones that you are just begging to get killed. Like Mm -hmm. they're like the jocks. You are just hoping that they get just killed in the worst way there are some other characters who are just annoying that you're like just you're like just kill them please Mm -hmm. just kill them yeah and with that that also brings us to the issue of the pacing in my eyes this movie especially around like you know the the climax of the movie it could have been like 10 minutes shorter it was like an hour 45 and i think they could have shaved off maybe like 10 minutes it just it just mm-hmm. felt like the ending was dragging on a little bit. I remember like once the once we were getting to that point, I was like, okay, come on, let's. Are, okay, are we? Are we, I are we was, almost done here? I, 
Yeah, exactly. You're kind of like, oh, good. We're another fade to black. Another fade to black. That's 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 really nice. I I agree. There was towards the end, it began to just sort of slog a little bit, a mm-hmm. little bit, just a little bit. There were certain moments where I was left going, okay, bud. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. We have the killer reveal. That's nice. Oh, okay. We can wrap it up now. But mm-hmm. nope, nope. They just it just felt like it just took one two it just took a couple more steps than it needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you just got rid of like, you know, a second or two here and this part of the movie, a second or two there. Maybe you could have kept everything and it still would have flowed better. Or maybe if you just cut, you know, like cut a little bit early here just to get those little extra frames because those add up at the end. Maybe it could have, you know, flown by a little bit quicker without losing anything. But that's just kind of the game that you're playing when making movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And some other things that um, were some negatives were there were some moments where you could tell that there was CGI gore, which in my eyes, I'm a CGI apologist. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but when your CGI elements aren't aren't blended well with the practical elements, it just kind of sticks out. And if you want to go the CGI gore route, go the CGI gore route and just stick with that. But if you're doing practical and maybe doing like, a couple of things with CGI gore, those CGI things, they're going to stick out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's they, I think this is just, this definitely feels like we're getting into like Goldilocks levels of being picky about CGI. But mm-hmm. with, with this movie in particular, Eli Roth went super hard on practical effects, which is good, which is good. Fantastic, as he should. The problem with that is it made the CGI super stand out. Like Mm -hmm. there were, like it was obvious when someone was using like edible blood or fake blood or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it was even more obvious when they were just using like CGI. Yeah. Because one, you were just like, whoa, okay, it's splattering everywhere. Whoa. And then there were others where you went, oh, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of blood. And again, it's not the biggest issue. But again, if you're really into practical effects, then that'll kind of kind of piss you off a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like how some characters are introduced that get that piss me off because it just felt like these characters were introduced solely to be acting as like a red herring. Like you could take them out of the movie or add their characteristics to another character and it really wouldn't have done – it really wouldn't have you know taken away from the movie in any way. It's like, hey, we mm-hmm. have this character over here. He could be the killer and you're like – but then he's not like okay what what was the point of that then yeah exactly and i i do have to agree that the amount of because at the core of it the movie's a whodunit Mm -hmm. so you're the entire time you're sitting there going like oh what are your motives why Mm -hmm. would you do it could you be the person well you weren't in this scene when the killer showed up so that like leads you more to being a possible like suspect the problem with it is when you start to introduce too many people who all have the same level of alibi, it stops being compelling. Mm -hmm. Like you can't have, you can't have two different guys 
who are just who just blew into town one day and they're getting out really quickly who attach themselves to the final girl and then just just disappear randomly like mm-hmm. you're it's it gets annoying you're kind of like okay i get it they're 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 suspects mm-hmm. freaking great yeah and, and- Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, continue. No, no, no. I'm done with my thought. No, I was going to say when the killer is finally revealed, I'm not. We're not going to say who it is yet. But when it is revealed, I'm like, I mean, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like it it's, was very much like a okay to. I'm like okay to meh reveal. That's yeah. That's that's kind of leads me into my big con for this mm. movie. Like I obviously I'm with you on your cons on that 100%. I think the one for me that's big and this is where I go from like oh, that's kind of annoying but it could be better to being like I kind of dislike this. I kind yeah. of just straight up dislike mm-hmm. this was the reveal for the killer is bad. I like I've had time to sit on it and I can kind of safely go that i think the killer reveal is pretty freaking bad like Mm -hmm. it's it 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 sits there and shows off these red herring characters that make you go like oh my god wait 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 oh is it him oh no wait is it him or oh is it her and then after a certain point it just goes psych it was this person and they weren't even in the freaking running Mm -hmm. like they had no red herrings They had no qualifications and it wasn't one of those where after you saw it, you went, whoa, oh my God, how could I not see it? It's not like a usual suspect scenario where they said stuff that you could piece together. Mm -hmm. It was just all coincidental things that they say. And then you kind of, the movie kind of sits there at the end and goes, ta-da, don't you feel foolish? And you're like, not really, not really. You guys, it it didn't set, set it up at all. It kind of just goes, psych, he's the bad guy, or she's mm-hmm. the bad guy. And you're like, oh, good, lovely. Yeah, but overall, we're going to be getting into spoilers here shortly. But if you guys don't want to get spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet, I would say definitely go check out Thanks uh, Thanksgiving 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, do you have anything else you want to add before we get into spoilers? Mm, I'm, I'm ready to get into spoilers, Doc, but just honest to God, eight and a half out of ten, eight oh, and a yeah. half, nine out of ten. Like, mm-hmm. see the damn movie. It is so fun. It's so easy. Uh, don't bring your freaking parents if they're of the faint of heart. Obviously, I, I'd recommend seeing this with friends. Mm-hmm. And when this comes to streaming, this is a movie freaking number one. Oh, yeah. I would say here, here's what you're going to do for your movie marathon. You're going to you can either pair this as movie number one with thanks killing as a movie number two. Do a double mm-hmm. feature. Or what you do is if you want to get into that, you know, end of the year spirit. You do either Halloween or Trick or Treat as your movie mm. number one. Oh, yeah. Thanks, uh, Thanksgiving for your movie number two. And then a Christmas slasher movie. We haven't – the only one we've really covered on this podcast is Santa's Sleigh, which, you know, by movie three, you're already pretty drunk. So seeing Bill Goldberg fucking spear somebody dressed as Santa would probably be pretty hilarious. So I throw in Santa's that. Sleigh yeah. at the very yeah. end. Yeah, let's do Santa's Sleigh at the end. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, those are that's our that's our trio for the night. All right, dude. So let's just get right into spoiler territory. The Ooh. killer reveal when it is shown to be Patrick Dempsey, aka the sheriff of the movie. It was I was very much like, okay, I guess it's like 
his motive just felt kind of tacked on. It, it, it felt incredibly tacked on because there was never, I felt like in the beginning of the movie, when he shows up to the Thanksgiving and he's like, Oh my God, I was, I came in here, blah, blah, blah. And he's talking and all that. There's never any indication that he has feelings for uh, Gina Gershon's character, Amanda. Mm-hmm. It's ne- he doesn't, I mean, and if it was supposed to be subtle, well, it, congrats. It was too subtle. It was too fucking subtle because he doesn't, ever make any moves he doesn't ever say anything he doesn't kiss her on the cheek and she's like not now not now it's come Mm -hmm. on it's thanksgiving back up it's like it's only just afterwards where he goes i loved her and also bt dubs we had a child but that child died and you're like cut no dude no that's not that's not how we get killers okay it would have been better if it was bobby or or ryan and Mm -hmm. they're blatant red herrings like Mm -hmm. they are blatant red herrings yeah the more i thought about it too because you know how at the opening of the movie we started off on a pov of a house uh plymouth massachusetts thanksgiving night and we get the POV shot of someone walking up. It's supposed to be kind of like, you know, how they do the opening of Halloween where, you know, we're getting the uh, Michael Myers point of view. And, you know, we get we get the sheriff's point of view at the beginning. I'm like, if you really think about it, you know, they were setting They were telling you at the very beginning, like, hey, the sheriff is the killer if you were really paying attention. But again, that's really like, oh, hey, is it, <laughs> we're, we're doing the thing. But then, yeah, like you said, it was only kind of slightly hinted at during the beginning of the movie, only to reveal like, hey, she was pregnant with his kid and that drove him to utter insanity. Yeah, Eh. exactly. It's eh. like you're kind of like, oh, okay. it would have been. They never followed through on Mitch's character. And I think. Mitch obviously being the uh, the husband mm-hmm. to Amanda, who was apparently the freaking whole reason the cop go- turns into John Carver, the killer. Mm-hmm. It would have been better for, in my eyes, if Mitch became the killer or something along those lines. Because I feel like his motivations were so ironclad that I feel like he would have had a much better sort of striking sort of thing. And obviously, because in the movie, they hint at like, oh, this person's obviously got ex-military experience, Mm -hmm. which sort of vaguely hints at the fact that a cop could be involved, even though when you hear the word ex-military, you don't go police. Mm -hmm. You go... Ex-military. Yeah, you go, oh, he's a vet. Mm -hmm. It would have been better to just sit there and call him the killer and just in one of the backgrounds... In one of the scenes inside his house, you just put military. You just put like a one of those flag and a couple badges and yep. just call it a day. Like easy, done deal. He's the killer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. It, it it's it maybe maybe rewatching it, there will be a couple of more like oh here here it is or any or anything like that. Or you know if you're really into horror movies and you knew it was going to be him all along, you can still have fun with it. You know, maybe yeah. other people saw it before you and I did or have it make more sense than you and I tried to make it make sense of that. Yeah. 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 But so, yeah, me, let's That's talk it. about let's talk about the rest of the kills now. Ooh. Now that we can now that we can just go just <laughs> fucking hog wild. It's spoiler time. Dude, some of the ones that I think of are the let's just start with the uh, 
uh, Julia's Julia's death with getting the freaking what is it the corn things into the oh ear. my god the, yeah the corn cob holders in the ear so she gets deafened and then she sits there and does a whole crawl. Her friends like have like a mini like standoff with with John Carver, who then picks up Yulia and throws her on a buzzsaw. I what I loved about this kill was the length. Mm-hmm. It felt like an it felt really drawn out in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't feel like it was just this like boop she's dead. Like they sat with it. They sort of gave gave the initial hit that you thought would be curtains. Mm-hmm. But then it just kept going. It was fun. I loved that. Yeah, dude. Film. And with that one, they were setting up like because you got a close up of her, you know, putting a contact lens in. So we with the, the way that the scene was, it's like downstairs, her dad and a sheriff's uh, officer, they get fucking tranked. And John Carver, like someone was eating corn and John Carver picks up, you know, like the corn on the cob. And I'm sitting here thinking. Oh, please, for the love of God, kill Julia the same way uh, they did in Nacho Libre, where it's just a fucking corn in the eye or like the ear. Yo, that yeah. I would have, I would have cried laughing if Julia just leaves the room and just has a standoff with John Carver, and he just fucking throws the corn and just it's, stabs her in the she, eye. She gets she gets corn cobbed in the eye. She's just got a corn cob thing just sticking out of her eye. That would have been funny as hell. That would have been great. <laughs> and let's also talk about the attack on the Thanksgiving Day parade. We mm. have decapitating a man in a turkey costume and the dude runs around like a turkey with his head cut off. Um a log. This is your I want Mike, why don't you describe because you you said you loved this kill. I oh my god, this was my favorite kill in the movie. This is my favorite freaking kill in the movie. I did like Yulia's because of how drawn out it was. Mm-hmm. But I I'm so glad we didn't spoil this one. The fact that in the parade, the person obviously driving like the little truck that's holding the boat because, you know, Mayflower pilgrims, blah, blah, blah. The dad who's driving it with his two kids sitting in the passenger seat has to break, which causes the boat that's sitting on the bed of the truck, mm-hmm. it causes the little, uh, what is it? The the front of the, the bow, mm-hmm. the little spear at the end of the bow to go through the window and impale the dad. And what's best is you see the nose go with the bow. So it's just... <laughs> It's just this crater with a nose at the end of the bow, and you just see blood spew out of it. Like, and it doesn't stop. This is so what's so comical about it because it just keeps freaking going. And the cherry on top is literally his kids are in the passenger seat, and they're like, "No, Dad, no, please, Dad, no, Dad, no," and then. Dude, we were, I was crying laughing. And then they get the best part is like they get blood squirted on them. And they're like, Dad, no, uh, Dad, please. And it's just they're getting blood squirted on them. And it's so hysterical. It's so comical. It's fantastic. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, and I think this this whole scene has an interesting idea because during the uh, thanks during the Thanksgiving parade, you know, you're seeing a bunch of people wearing the John Carver ma- uh, masks, 
and uh, Jessica, <clears throat> Jessica, our final girl, and Scuba, that's his fucking name, uh, another guy, are on the float, like, looking around and, like, seeing all the people wearing the John Carver masks, you know, thinking, oh, is that him, is that him, is that him? But no, it, he John Carver, the guy, comes out in a clown costume. And I remember, like, seeing a clown costume in the background and thinking, hmm, well, that's fucking weird. And then, it st- and then he starts attacking people, and I'm just... Like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. And I saw the clown costume, too, and I definitely went, I guess Plymouth gets down with clowns. I, it's, yeah, maybe they're ICP fans. Who knows? But the fact that he just comes out and decapitates a turkey in the middle of the freaking crowd. I was, just, I was so down with it. I was like, that's funny. That's funny as hell, and it's weird. When I saw that, because that was because that was actually in the 2007 uh, trailer for Grindhouse, I was like, please, please include that. Please, please include that. That would be amazing. I need to oh, see a yeah. modern-day rendition of that. Mm-hmm. 100%. And then the last kill I want to point out is it's Thanksgiving, so of course we got to have somebody getting cooked in an oven yeah kathleen oh my god and that final scene where she is like presented at the table with everyone tied tied up and i'm like that's it's very texas chainsaw of you yeah it is it is it does have a texas chainsaw flair to it because just at the very end when he's like and here is the main dish and he like pulls it off and she's just like done up like a turkey and it's it's funny because the entire time you're like whoa what the heck and then he does what i love on top of it is just he does a turkey carving Mm -hmm. and almost makes the makes the uh the the husband of of kathleen uh what's his name thomas uh he he makes her almost eat his wife and and just the entire time it's just not only is it a great kill but even afterwards they follow up with what happens with it like he dressed Mm -hmm. it up and shit which is great (laughs) yeah and just you see just see him just the guy throwing up too like when he's he's about to have to eat his wife Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's funny it's funny that they not only did they actually carry out an insanely creative kill but on top of that the payoff afterwards mm-hmm. i think that's what makes this kill stand out to me in my head is that there's follow through of like there's like an epilogue to the kill hell yeah <laughs> well dude man was there anything else you wanted to cover in this spoiler section before we get out of here no i think we covered we covered all we covered my main gripe as well as the really good kills mm-hmm. uh i think i'm I think I'm good to get out of the spoiler section. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, I would definitely say everybody, you know, if you're still with us, you know, we hope you enjoyed Thanksgiving. If you wanted to hear the spoilers anyways, know who, what the twist is. Go definitely go check it out. Um, it's going to be in my rotation now. Every November, we're going to be watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, th- thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Go follow us on uh instagram x youtube you guys know the deal stay up to date with what we got going on mike is there any message you have for the people for thanksgiving uh start up a really spicy political conversation with your grandmother it's gonna go really well i guarantee it it's not gonna make you shaking mad yeah you know we wholesome family times together exactly exactly (laughs) nothing but wholesome all right, everyone. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy, you know, 
enjoy enjoy your week and we'll see y'all next time see you next week everybody